Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Defense, you know, I mean, of course they're missing uh, Chandler Jones on the edge, but they replaced him with, with Long over there, you know, making plays. But uh, still aggressive defense, you know, uh, aggressive corners, uh, high energy corners, love making plays. And uh, this experience, you know, almost almost a similar defense. We just got to make sure we keep them in the pocket. We got to make them be a quarterback, get off their first and second read and see if they can find somewhere else to throw the ball. You know, they got their favorite receivers at two tight ends, 11. We got to take them away from the game. Uh, we got to make somebody else beat us. We can't let them three beat us. And plus, we got to stop the running game, too. We just got to make them one-dimensional. We better put them in the air a couple times and uh, then study running the ball because their last three wins came it was running the ball real well. So we just got to stop that run. You stop the run, you make them one-dimensional, you make them throw the ball. Ball, make them more, see if they can process the defense, figure something out. All right, that was Robert Woods and Zach Brown in order. Hour two here of Sports Talk Saturday with your host here, Nick Geary on the board, and uh, mixing it up is Brayton Wilson. Brayton, uh, before we get into this High Holy Month talk, do you know much about this Justin Hunter fella? I know that he had some success at Tennessee, mm-hmm. where he was drafted 2013. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, and then he was cut this past year, uh, sort of a surprise cut, I guess you'd say, uh, to many people. I tried to test Brayton's prospect knowledge, but even in football, your uh, your prospect knowledge, is it's grade A, Brayton. Well, thanks. I appreciate it's the compliment. It's prospect knowledge right there. He was right as a 2013 second-round pick of the Tennessee Titans. Stayed in, in, uh, in state there, played at the Tennessee uh, University, the Vols there. He had a nice career in college. The thing I like, there's two things I really like about this guy, Brayton. One, 6'4", 200 pounds. That's, That's a nice. A, we don't have a big receiver like that. We don't have a big receiver like that. He does have, you know, I don't have his combine numbers in front of me here, but that would be something I'd like to say. I'd like to see what his 40-yard dash time is. This is a guy um, who had 67 targets in 2014, so nice workload. However, of those 67 targets, only 28 catches. That has to be a little bit concerning for you. Obviously, though, you had Zach Mettenberger. He had some interesting guys at the quarterback position playing there, so maybe not the most Maybe not the best thing to look at as far as stats go with him. Um, he's got eight touchdowns over the course of his three seasons he really played last year. Um, played one game with the Dolphins, and that was about that. Um, this is a guy I think that has a lot of upside right now. 
doesn't exactly seem to be a guy that's going to make an immediate impact. Obviously, the receiver position's a tough one to kind of get acclimated with the offense in. But what I'll say is this is a guy that has a 16-point yards per reception total over the course of his career, only 68 career receptions with over 1,000 yards. So that has to tell you something. This guy's maybe a little bit of a deep threat possibility, maybe a guy you can throw the ball up to. And I don't really necessarily see the Tennessee Titans dropping this guy as a sign that he may not be that good. I mean, Tennessee has really struggled to draft, develop, and maintain their receivers. They drafted Doriel Green Beckham two years ago in that same draft. Drafted no, I'm sorry. The year after the 2014 draft, drafted Doriel Green Beckham from um, from Missouri, considered to be a really good receiver. Just could had had to go to a team that was going to develop him. And then they traded him to Philadelphia. And he looks like he's a decent guy there in Philadelphia. You know, there was another guy available free agent wise that I thought the Bills might kick the tires on. That's Riley Cooper, uh, former University of Florida standout receiver with Tim Tebow. Of course, I had to get a Team Tebow reference in there. If you know me, obviously I got to get a Team Tebow reference in there. But um, you know, that's a guy I thought they might consider. Um, you know, Chip Kelly paid a whole bunch of money to him, and then ended up getting cut last year in the off season. So that was another guy I saw them potentially going after. Roddy White is still available. I think that's a guy I could look at as saying, hey, maybe if this team needs that veteran presence, he didn't have the sort of success that you would expect from Roddy White over that last year or so of his career with Julio Jones. Julio really became the standout guy there. And then Harry Douglas, their slot receiver, really kind of overshadowed any other production that Roddy White was going to get his final season there in Atlanta. So that's another guy I could see the Bills potentially kicking the tires on if this Justin Hunter project doesn't work out, which at this point, it is a bit of a project. You're going to hope that in two or three weeks, this is a guy that can contribute on Sundays. But right now, he's got to get in, get acclimated with the offense, and be able to be in the right spot and build some chemistry with Tyrod Taylor. The other guy that I was really thinking about, and Sale Capaccio alluded to when I had him on last hour, was Josh Gordon. Now, I think we all know what's going on right now with Josh Gordon. He entered into a rehab facility treatment program what this would have been during the week at some point. And the Browns have basically said they're ready to move on, turn that page, turn that chapter. Uh, It's been a difficult road for Josh Gordon getting back to where he was just a few seasons ago as potentially one of the top three or four receivers in this league. Josh Gordon's an interesting guy, and I think this organization absolutely has to kick tires on him when he becomes, if he comes available. That, to me, is a guy that not only do you reach out to him and try to get him in here, but the the thought of, the prospects of being able to combine a healthy Sammy Watkins with a healthy, I guess, counseled, reformed Josh Gordon could be one of the best one-two punches as far as wide receivers go in this league if they can figure it out and those two figure it out and can be what both of them have shown they're capable of being. Josh Gordon, to me, it's not that I think it's a no-brainer, but I think this organization absolutely has to think about what they would have to do, what the ramifications, what's the worst-case scenario of signing Josh Gordon to a low-level show-it contract, a prove-it contract? What are the possible ramifications? What, are, what is your worst-case scenario? And to me, Your worst-case scenario is you invest almost no guaranteed money to him. A similar contract to what Reggie Bush got. And now Reggie Bush is basically doing nothing on this team. 
they're not on the hook for anything. Most of it was incentive-laden language in that contract that if you do this, if you play, if start in so many games, you rush for so many yards, blah, 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 then that's a scenario where you'll get paid. You do a similar thing with Josh Gordon. If he can get his act straightened out. Now, I think you're going from an organization in Cleveland where you don't have a lot of veteran presence in that locker room to, to maybe grab Josh Gordon around the neck and say, hey, man, listen, I'm here for you. I think the support system in Buffalo with the Pagulas, what they're willing to do. Now, obviously, you've had the issues with Carlos Williams, and that's something you have to, you have to look at and be like, is this an organization that maybe a Josh Gordon would be best under? Maybe not. Maybe it isn't. But you've got veterans like Kyle Williams who you would say, okay, well, he's a good veteran. What happened with Marcel Darius and how come he wasn't it? Marcel Darius is a bit of a – it's a tough story and a tough place to pinpoint where he's really gone wrong. Hopefully he's taken the next step here in his life to straighten things out, much like Josh Gordon has decided to do. He's decided that on his own he's going to check into a rehab facility and try to get better. And, and I think you have to admire, you have to respect any athlete who's willing to take time out of his career to do what's best for him and his life before football. Now, I think at this point, the Browns would have liked to see something earlier than this, and maybe that's why they're ready to just move on from this situation. But I, to me, would be, I would be upset if the Bills had an opportunity to bring Josh Gordon in on a prove-it contract and they didn't do it. Because a team like the Patriots, the, a team like the like to me, the Patriots seem like a perfect fit for Josh Gordon. You talk about going to an organization that's kind of taken in, you know, project players. You want to call Randy Moss a project player, I guess, because he's had some, you know, he had a flame out in, in Oakland. He's kind of known as a loud mouth, uh, an, a polarizing figure in that locker room, and he becomes maybe maybe plays the best football of his career in New England under Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. So to me, if the Patriots are even talking to Josh Gordon, I think it's the Bills' duty to just go and sign him so that the Patriots don't get him. I mean, to me, again, this is uh, there is certainly risk involved, but there are ways... There are ways to make this work for both player and team, and I don't think if you get any if you get anything from Josh Gordon and he can be three quarters of the player that he was when he was at his best, you've just signed potentially one of the most exciting, one of the best young receivers because he's still young, and that's the thing about Josh Gordon that I think makes the most sense about this is if he can turn it around and he can figure this out and he can play for an organization that's going to have his back and a play for an organization that's got veterans in the locker room that can take him under his wing and just kind of show him the way. I think it's a no-lose situation. This guy isn't going to come into an organization and get $15 million guaranteed. He's not going somewhere with a giant signing bonus. And a... This is almost the perfect situation to go after Josh Gordon right now. He has now realized he's at the level in his life, the point in his life, where he's realized he has an issue and needs to go get it taken care of professionally and sometimes amongst athletes and you're seeing with a guy like Johnny Manziel who it takes a long time for them to realize that it's more than just the game around them it's more than their teammates it's more than football itself it's about their life their livelihood and 
I think at least Josh Gordon has figured out at this point he knows how talented he is. He knows the potential he has to be a great football player in the NFL, and he's seeing it taken away from him. I mean, you want to relate it to a story on the Sabres, Tyler Ennis has two, I think, bad concussions last year, and it starts to look like, man, maybe he, maybe he can't come back from this. Maybe this ends his career. And that, to me, is maybe the most motivation for any athlete. When you've had the game almost taken from you, that is, uh, at least for me, motivation enough for you to reevaluate how you've been doing things and change the things you need to change to be successful. It was a concussion for Tyler Ennis last year where, I mean, he couldn't drive. Like, I mean, he had he had to have somebody drive him. I mean, Robin Leonard, same thing. I mean, he had a concussion in the last year in Ottawa where he couldn't even get out of his own bedroom the, scary entire stuff. Day, the entire day. He had to sit in a room where, you know, it was just dark the entire day. And then he comes back and, you know, he was overweight, of course. But now, look at Robin Leonard. He looks like he's in he's in incredible shape. I mean, he looks ready to go for this season. He, you know, You can say the same about Tyler Ennis, too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's promising to see both of those guys healthy. And I think that for a lot of these guys on this team, they're all healthy, they're ready to go, and it's very, very promising. 803-0551-888-552-550. That's toll-free if you're out of the area. I want to continue taking some calls here. I uh, Notre Dame scores, so it's 16-6 Notre Dame over Syracuse. So if you're a Syracuse fan thinking that the Notre Dame uh, Irish were about to drop another one, um, you were you were wrong. They're not going to lose to Syracuse because I can't afford my mind to have to deal with Notre Dame losing to Syracuse. But as I mentioned, 803-0551-888-552-550. What I want to talk about and continue talking about for this final segment before we start getting into uh, the high holy month of October and some Sabres and Ryder Cup talk is are you comfortable? I mean, there's no way you're comfortable with where this team is at at the wide receiver position. As Sale mentioned it earlier when I had him on, you know, depth at the wide receiver position right now is probably an all-time low with Greg Salas still being banged up and unable to go. He probably won't go. I, I don't know if he's considered out yet, but I know he was at least questionable. And what I'm worried about the most, I think, from this team is the idea that Walt Powell right now this week is probably your number number two receiver with you know, Robert Woods being your number one receiver. You don't have anybody who can go up and get the ball. That's That's a a no-doubt number one receiver. And I think that's what a guy like Josh Gordon or a guy like maybe Roddy White, uh, if they're able to build, go out and go get one of those guys, they can assume that position at least until Sammy Watkins. And, and really, we had this conversation in preseason, in training camp, that even with a healthy Sammy Watkins, we didn't feel all that comfortable about where the depth was on this team at wide receiver. And now it's being revealed. It's being... And it's it's worrisome because, again, as, as I talked about a little bit with Tyler, my question to him was, does this injury make it more difficult to really assess and decide what you want to do with Tyrod Taylor? And I thought he brought up a good point that I didn't really even think about when, when asking the question is, you know, yes, maybe it makes it more difficult to fully assess what he could be, but this is a test for him, Tyrod Taylor, to go out there and win and be successful through the air, something he's been really unable to do in the short 16 games, 17 games he's played in his career. Now you have to go do it without your top weapon, and maybe not 100% Charles Clay, who should be your number two weapon, who, whether it's just because this team hasn't had the ability to get going and through the air, but 
I've been really disappointed with their utilization of, of Charles Clay, but not only that, but Charles Clay's ability to get open and his impact on the game, it's been almost non-existent, and that has to be concerning for a team that invested a whole lot of money just to pry him away from a team you know, in Miami. Just, my thought behind that signing was I think it was more about trying to just hurt the Dolphins' ability than it was to actually be a smart move for your football team at this point. I mean, it doesn't seem to be the signing that I think we all thought it would be when they signed the guy to a huge deal. I mean, I expected them to really kind of tailor the offense around their top two receivers, which would have been Clay and Watkins. And now Watkins, obviously, since then, hasn't been able to stay on the field. And Clay, I mean, when he's on the field, he's almost not existent. And he just seems to have lingering injury issues himself, whether it's his knee, his neck, his back. I mean, you name it, and he's been dealing with it. And, and I think that has to be something that, you know, I, I don't know that the Dolphins knew this was a thing. I mean, the Dolphins wanted to keep Charles Clay. They did what they could to keep Charles Clay. They just couldn't match the number the Bills put up. And the Bills were smart and knew that there was a number that they needed to get to that the Dolphins wouldn't match. And they got to that number. But it put a tremendous amount of pressure on a guy who's never really been the number one tight end. He A lot of the course of his career has kind of really been – that H-back, that Delaney Walker in San Francisco, uh, you know, uh, a guy that I allude to back a lot when we were talking about Greg Roman's offense, uh, that number two tight end option, the guy that can kind of move around, be versatile, kind of line up in the backfield as a fullback or, you know, be the motioning tight end, be that athletic guy, but they just have not found ways to get Charles Clay the ball, which has to be concerning because not only, it's not just the money that they put into Charles Clay, it's the role that they've basically carved out for them. And what I think is so impressive about Bill Belichick and so impressive about the Patriots is guys like Martellus Bennett. You know, he's been a good tight end over the course of his career, but he comes in and he totally is willing to accept the role that that team has built for him. And it's, you're the number two tight end, but this is an offense that has in the past been extremely explosive with two good tight ends. I mean, obviously before Aaron Hernandez, his whole situation, you had Hernandez and Gronk, and you had maybe the best one-two tight end combination ever. I would say of all time, and they were able to mold their offense around having a guy play a role that was really to come in on third down to make mismatches with those linebackers. If you're a if you're a two middle linebackers you're running a three four and you're expecting your two middle linebackers or a middle linebacker and a safety to cover Gronk and at that point Aaron Hernandez, I mean that was it was impossible to do. And now you have a similar situation where it's a different player, a different style of play from Bennett, but they've got two guys up the middle there that you really can't, you don't have a guy, you don't have a role on your team that can stop and really take away those guys. And then you've got guys on the outside who get open. And then the Patriots do a really good job of defining roles for the players that they go out and they get. And those players play those roles. I mean, how many people were thinking, oh, we've got to get Julian Edelman out there. We've got to, get, we've got to draft this guy. He's going to be a great slot receiver. N- nobody was really saying that about him. He was a college quarterback. And the, and the Patriots found they defined a role for him that they knew he'd be successful in. And look at him. He's one of the top possession, short yardage situations, a guy that can get more out of something so a short throw than probably any receiver in the league. He's a lot like another guy they did the same thing with, and that's Wes Welker. You know, Wes Welker, obviously, the year that he was in Miami, he did some good things his final, his contract year. Then the Patriots go out and get him. And if you would have, if you would have told Miami that he would have been what he was in New England, I, I don't think they would have had any interest in getting rid of him. But it's a lot like what you see with Chris Hogan leaving the Bills. 
I would say that's a very good comparison is having Chris Hogan being the Wes Welker of the Dolphins where you had a guy that there's no way he would have had the same success he would have in Buffalo that he's going to have in New England. And now you have a guy in Chris Hogan who I think is really emerging as one of at least Garoppolo's top targets. We'll see what happens when Brady gets back and we'll see what, what you know Chris Hogan's role is on that team. But I think he's their number two receiver. And here in Buffalo, he's probably your third or fourth guy. And what is your third or fourth receiver at this point in the season doing for the, for the Bills? Not much. This isn't, this isn't a pass team that uses their third receiver. This isn't a pass team that uses their first receiver. So you have to kind of, I think you've got to really start to wonder, you know, are, is this organization, does the, do they have the ability to draft someone and develop them? And I think the answer to that is yes. You look at guys like Preston Brown, who have really emerged as one of the top young linebackers in the league, but... Other than some of those guys on the defensive side of the ball, this team hasn't been able to produce players on the offensive side of the ball that have had a really good impact. And, and whether or not it's because your quarterback is struggling to you know, be successful through the air, in the pocket, whatever, they need to start finding players who can play roles on this team and then use them in that role instead of finding a guy and paying all sorts of money for Charles Clay and basically ignoring him and you have guys like Nick O'Leary who has that huge 28-yard gain on the sideline, and you're like, well, where the heck's Charles Clay doing that? that? It does get very frustrating with Charles Clay, and I, and I think this week they need to get him going in the game plan. They need to start designing plays that make Charles Clay successful. Charles Clay needs the ball in his hand to, to be what they want him to be. He's not a guy that's going out there and just going to run routes and, and take coverage is away from your receivers you haven't done anything he hasn't been able to do anything in this offense to warrant that sort of role warrant that sort of attention on the defensive side of the ball so you know this is a guy to me they need to do a better job of of getting him the ball and getting him in space I mean I keep alluding to it every week almost I feel like that Miami game last year his first game in Miami they came out and they targeted him four times in that first drive, and he tore them up. They knew that Charles Clay was going to get the ball in their first game against Clay since signing with the Bills, but they couldn't stop him because they found ways to get him the ball, and, and, and I think that's what this team needs to start worrying about moving forward, especially injury to Sammy Watkins. Okay, 803-0551, I'm going to switch gears a little bit, but I'll still take your calls if you if you got any opinions or questions on the Bills. 803-0551, 888-552-550, toll free. As I mentioned, we're going to get into the high holy month of October next. Uh, next half hour, me and Brayton are going to kind of go through and preview some of the sports that are going to be happening here in the next few weeks. We've obviously got the baseball. We've got the October Classic. We've got playoffs coming up there. We've got the NBA season starting. We've got NHL starting. We've got the, you know, the meat and potatoes of the college football schedule starting. We've got the meat and potatoes of the NFL schedule. The first quarter of the NFL schedule after this week is over already. So we've got a lot of things to talk about in the high holy month of October next. And then we've got Brian Koziel on at 1.30. He's going to preview some of that, uh, well not exactly preview, but talk about some of that Sabres game last night. But I don't want to focus too much on that lousy, lousy game. What I want to focus on are what the roster decisions were made today by Tim Murray to send a few guys guys down to Rochester and keep a few guys of note up with the team now. There's still 10 spots that need to be decided. Me and Brayton will go through 10 or so players we think are on that bubble and potentially can make that 23-man roster come 
I think, what is it? I think we've got two weeks to make that roster cut down for the first game. So we'll see and we'll preview that coming up here. So 803-0551, We'll continue taking your calls. This is Sports Talk Saturday. I'm Nate Geary, Brayton Wilson here on WGR. WGR Sports Radio 550. Here's a chance of a shot. It's good. Jack Eichel. At the 10, Tyrod down the sideline, dancing into the end zone. He is in. Touchdown. Tyrod Taylor, what a spectacular 22-yard scramble. by Draymond. Curry behind the back. Step out. Takes a three. He's got another one. Stephen Curry. On WGR. If you're Polish, you've got to be loving this. Polish? I don't know. Is this what this is? No, it's German. Oh, yeah, whatever. Oh, yeah, it's October fast. Yeah, that makes sense. What are you thinking? No, that makes sense. It's not Dingus Day. That makes a lot of sense now. It's just, you know, that little, that was a great uh, great little compilation there to really kick off the high holy month of October. It's October 1st. The sun all of a sudden is shining. The skies are blue. What a beautiful October 1st day. It's like 60 degrees out. Opening up perfectly for uh, if you're a local high school football fan like I am myself. Uh, Orchard Park in Lancaster, number two versus number three this afternoon. I thought they were going to get some gloomy, rainy day here, but it's looking like the skies are clearing up perfect. So if you're a fan of local football, Lancaster Orchard Park going on today, 1 p.m. from Orchard Park's field. It's a homecoming over there. So that's going to be a great game. Um, I did the broadcast with Howard Simon last week for Lancaster versus Williamsville North, um, a, a matchup of top teams. Lancaster's real deal this year. Um, so that should be a great matchup for you folks loving local football, which brings me just to another element of the high holy month of October. You have high school football getting down into the nitty gritty in playoff time. So if you uh, and, and if most people don't know, Section Six football, we're spoiled around here uh, with great local high school football. So make sure you stay on top of that as well uh, moving forward, and you can stay updated, of course. On WGR because we have inside high school sports from 10 to 11 every morning on Saturdays, uh, keeping you updated with the scores and the news from around high school football. But what I want to start focusing a little bit here is the high holy month. And Brayton, let's start with baseball because I think that it's the most relevant at this point right now. Um, So it looks like the October Classic is going to feature some interesting teams. As far as the wild card goes, and it's starting, I believe, this week. It should be the playoff schedule. It's the hunt for October. Obviously, um, we're starting, and here's the wild card schedule. Tuesday, October 4th is the AL wild card game, and then we've got Wednesday, October 5th. That's the NL wild card game, and I don't think either has really been figured out quite yet. I'm looking right now. I don't think either has been set in stone. Um, what we're guessing is it probably will be Toronto and potentially, I think I think I saw Detroit and Currently Baltimore. right now, Baltimore is the first wild card team. They're up on a game on Toronto, and Detroit's only one or half a game back. 
Don't count out the Seattle don't Mariners sleep either. On. They're one game behind. I don't know how many games they have left. I think maybe two games left. So, I mean, Seattle's obviously got to win and have – they're like that in the hunt for the Bills when they're 5-7. and seven. Yep. So, uh, but I mean, yeah, this weekend is the last weekend of games. And, you know, enjoy it because it's coming down to the wire here. But Baltimore – uh, they're one game ahead of Toronto. Detroit's just a half game back at Toronto. And then out in the NL wild card, the Mets are on top by a game over the uh, the Giants. And then the Cardinals are a uh, game back. You know what I think is interesting about baseball that you just don't get with a lot of other sports? I mean, you have 160-some-odd games in a season. Isn't it just crazy to you that it could come down to the last game or two of that season that determines whether or not you play postseason baseball? I mean, that's, to me, probably the best part about, you know, the hunt for October is that you play all these games all year. And, yeah, sometimes it gets boring. It's baseball. They're long games. But this is the best time. You play all of those games, and it comes down to one or two games, and that's your season. Like, that's that, to me, is a great, great storyline. Let's move on to college football now in the High Holy Month. We're previewing here, if you just joined us, we're previewing the High Holy Month of October. It's October 1st. Every It seems like every great sports, you know, the major four sports in America here are either kicking off or coming down. Um, obviously, as we just previewed, the baseball playoffs starting. College football this week is a stud matchups. I mean, you just have matchups across the board. There's three AP top 10 matchups. Uh, the first one starting at 3.30. A couple of good games heading on right now. Miami, Georgia Tech. Eh, if you like football, then you, I guess you'll like that game. Uh, Iowa State, which is a Paul Hamilton special. They're actually beating number 13 Baylor right now. 7 to nothing. Baylor's still one of the most high-powered offenses in college football. So that's a decent game going on right now. Texas is losing currently 14-7 to Oklahoma State. But the matchups I really wanted to talk about today, obviously you have those AP Top 10 matchups. Georgia-Tennessee, another decent SEC East matchup. That has, that's going on today at 3.30 CBS. But the matchups of we really want to start watching, that's really the nitty-gritty of this. Number 8, Wisconsin. Number 4, Michigan. That goes on at 3.30 today, ABC. That should be a great game. Wisconsin thought they were going to get blown out against Michigan State. They beat Michigan State. Now they face a tougher Michigan opponent. Michigan's the real deal. We'll see that game this afternoon and see how that one goes. Uh, other games today that you're going to really want to pay attention to, obviously that game later on I think is everyone's radar, and that's Louisville versus Clemson. That, to me, has got to be the game of the day. Maybe the game of the year when you think about some of the other teams that you're going to be watching today and across the rest of the season as well. But that Stanford-Washington matchup is the other AP Top 10 matchup. Washington 10th, Stanford 7th. Obviously, to me, Heisman favorite, Christian McCaffrey for Stanford. He's going to get the ball 40 sometimes, whether it's through the air or on the ground. That should be a great game. But the game I'm watching, Clemson-Louisville, if you're a better and you want to bet on that game, I'm taking Louisville. I didn't see the, I didn't even see the line in that game, but I don't need it. I'm taking Louisville. Lamar Jackson is the real freaking deal. He might be the best quarterback in the nation. The line for that game is minus one and a half Louisville. Oh, it's, so it's essentially a pick em. It's a pick em. Take Louisville. I think they're going to win by a touchdown, maybe two. They embarrassed Florida State two weeks ago. I don't think it'll be a similar situation here against Clemson, a good Clemson team, a good Deshaun uh, Watson for Clemson. But Lamar Jackson is just the best, far in between the best quarterback in college football. Also an underrated matchup. One and two Oklahoma faces off against TCU. This is Oklahoma's opportunity to get back on the winning end of things. Two tough losses to Houston 
and Ohio State early. So Oklahoma team that's looking to bounce back. Baker Mayfield, a good quarterback. So there's your college football roundup for this week. But as I mentioned, the nitty-gritty of the college football season, I think we're getting spoiled this weekend. So make sure you're paying attention to college football this weekend. In the NFL, around that, uh, we've got quite a few good matchups this week, obviously highlighted by the Bills and Patriots on Sunday, 1 p.m. That's your first. But there is a 9.30 game this week. So you can wake up early. You can watch a little football. I always enjoy that. Uh, that's going to be Colts and Jags. Maybe not the best game to have in there, but uh, a couple other decent matchups. One that I know I'll be watching, the Jets facing off against the Seahawks. Does Russell Wilson play? I don't know. It could be Trayvon Boykin. Could be an interesting matchup against the 1-2 and two Jets team. If the Jets lose, they're 1-3. Miami's 1-3. If the Bills win... Oh, making some interesting things in the AFC East. Uh, yeah, if the Bills win somehow, that would be incredible. The game that I'm really watching and, and keeping a close eye on is Baltimore against Oakland. Mm-hmm. Really good game there. Derek Carr going up against arguably one of the better defense uh, defensive teams in the NFL as of right now, let's just say. But the Ravens, 3-0, man. Who would have thought the Ravens would have started the season 3-0? Of course, they beat the Bills week one, and that really wasn't expected. But since then, they've... They're still undefeated. And, you know, they're a five-win team last year, so I think a lot of people had low expectations for them. They lost so many of those, whatever, 12 games they lost last year by one score. And that's a team that had, what, 15, 20 guys on IR at the end of that season. So that is just a really well-coached team. Joe Flacco, is he elite? No one knows. But you're right, that's a good matchup. I think I'll watch that one. The Raiders are, are 2-1. and one. Not a surprise. I think we all expected the Raiders to be a pretty good team this year. 2-0 and oh on the road. So they'll go on the road again. They'll face the Ravens, who had only their home opener at home. The rest, they've uh, been on the road. So they're uh, coming back home for that one. And then, we can talk a little bit about the NBA here, because I think we can talk way more about the NHL. It's way more lo- close to home. But the NBA has a bunch of storylines going in this year. The Knicks maybe have assembled what maybe some people think is a much better roster than they've had previously. Derek Rose, Kristaps Porzingis, uh, Joakim Noah, Courtney Lee. They've got some players there, the Knicks. And, but obviously everyone's talking about Golden State, their addition of Kevin Durant. What they'll be able to do, will they be able to repeat the success they had last year, be better potentially? So the NBA's got some storylines. You've got the Clippers with Blake Griffin and Chris Paul potentially being free agents at the end of this year. Can they come together as a team and maybe get over that playoff hump that Doc Rivers and that Clippers team has had. Otherwise, if that team splits up, does Doc Rivers leave? And then, So there's some good storylines heading into this NBA season, but Brayton, let's get into previewing this NHL season a little bit here. It's a good warm-up to what we'll be talking about, I think, for the rest of the show here. Unless you're calling in, 803-0551-888-550-2550. I will still take your thoughts, opinions, questions on anything related. Buffalo Bills, Sammy Watkins, Tyrod Taylor, obviously the matchup against New England this weekend, so we'll take your calls on that. But let's transition into some hockey talk here because... Also, if you want to uh, give your take on what you look yes. forward to most in October, feel free to give us a call on that because I think that, uh, in my opinion at least, I always look forward to the start of hockey season because usually at this point, the Bills season's kind of like, oh man, they're they're starting to hit that that trail that where wall. they're going to be <laughs> in the hunt yeah. come the end of the month. So, Because, I mean, last year they went... They went one and four in the games, uh, and it was just not a good month for the Bills last year. And this month, it's not going to get any, any better. Yeah, any better, any easier, I mean, any easier. That is, I mean, yeah. they do play San Francisco, L.A., and then they also have who else here? Uh, I'm missing one of those. San Francisco, San Francisco L.A., LA, and then I think it's New England again. 
Um, I, can, I can tell you this. I've got it on my yeah, keychain. Yeah. I, I mean, San Francisco. It's Los Angeles, San Francisco, at Miami, and then yeah, home and against then at New England. Miami. Yeah, I mean, that's... That seems better than where they were last year. I mean, last year they faced Tennessee, the Giants. Uh, I can't remember who else they faced last year. I had the schedule up, too. and But last year was not a good October for the Bills. So hopefully this time around it will be better for them. But it's, you know, after that, November is going to be the really... Uh, they faced the Bengals and then Jacksonville, the London game, Jacksonville. Oh, oh yes. Boy. The London game. A memorable October last year for the Bills. I was just told as well that Stanford and Washington played yesterday. I I didn't keep tabs on that game, but apparently Stanford lost pretty badly. Yeah, uh, it wasn't is, pretty. What was the final on that one? 44-7. to seven. Really? Yep. Holy cow, Did I, I just totally missed that score. But thank you to... Uh, to M go away on Twitter. I appreciate the update there. Uh, thank you for keeping me updated on that Stanford game. I'm a little surprised by that. Uh, Washington, I guess, must be the real deal. Coach Peterson, former Boise State coach, moved over to Washington. He's got the team playing really well. They've got a good young quarterback. So Washington, wow, that's actually a pretty uh, pretty interesting uh, score from last night. Again, I didn't have an opportunity to take a look, so that's uh, that's certainly shocking to me. I definitely thought that would be a much closer game than uh, than forty four to seven. Holy cow, um, or forty four to six. What the heck happened? I'm gonna have to go back and watch the highlights of that game. I don't see their offense didn't do much. Jake Jake Browning, 15 to 21, 210, three touchdowns. I mean, that's a pretty darn good game. That's efficient as heck. But yeah, I guess Stanford, we uh I guess we were eating too much of the Stanford pudding and uh, not enough of Washington's in that game. So uh thanks again for uh, reminding me and, and reaching out to uh let me know that I missed up on that one. But every other game, interesting this week. Um so again, so we've only got two AP top ten matchups today, but three overall this week. Hopefully they'll be a little bit better than that. Dud was yesterday night okay so we'll continue on our high holy month october preview i want to get into the nhl next when we come back with brayton um then we'll get in we'll continue on that nhl trend in the one o'clock hour then brian cozy will join us at 1 30 we'll have his thoughts on some of the players heading down to rochester some of the players staying up maybe as the more is the better story to talk about here so then we'll also talk a little bit Ryder cup the united states is up six to four after sweeping four to nothing on day one so we've got some interesting storylines for the Ryder cup talk about with brian so we'll do that next hour as well. You're listening to Sports Talk Saturday. I'm Nate Geary and Brayton Wilson here along with you. This is WGR. Well, that was about as as poorly as we could play from start to finish. Um, That's the bottom line. Um, Talk to the guys. They understand it. They know it. We did not rise to the challenge. Um, That starts with with me. Um, We we didn't do enough to get our guys ready Um, because that team that went out there tonight is uh, not the team that played last week. It's not the team that we've practiced all week um, to pair, come up and play a really good team in their house. Um, just did not play well. Stanford Cardinal coach David Shaw there on their blowout defeat by the Washington Huskies. Uh, you know, I, as I mentioned, hadn't really watched the game yesterday. But holy cow, I was a little bit surprised by the outcome there. Um, I definitely wouldn't have predicted that game, so luckily I didn't bet on it because that would have been disappointing for me. But as much as uh, I could continue to talk about college football all freaking day, I think I will switch my gears here a little bit. 
And what I want to talk about is the Buffalo Sabres, who played last night. But it's not really the game I want to talk about as much as I want to talk about some of the roster decisions from Tim Murray. They sent down, how many players was it, 11? They officially made 17 roster moves, and they've assigned 12 of them to Rochester. And then the other five were are going to report to Rochester's camp. Okay. So we're going to go through those names, the ones that got sent back down to Rochester early here, one including uh local guy Cole Schneider. He got sent back down. There's uh, another notable local guy on there that is, list. There is. There is. So uh, we'll get through that. Maybe some surprises on that list. Maybe it's more surprising though some of the names that are staying right now with the roster um to get an opportunity here um, you know, to uh, to get a better look, a second look at making the team. Another guy that we talked about uh, in this program and this station has been talking about at length, um, Derek Grant. So he's another guy that uh, stuck on and is in this final grouping um, to make this team. I think Dan Bilesma has talked about him as being a guy that they wanted to give another opportunity yesterday. Scored the only goal of the game yesterday in our 8-1 uh, defeat to the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think... That is one of the surprises of camp, so we'll talk about him as well. And we'll continue taking your calls. If you've got any thoughts on where we were the Sabres season's going, any predictions, uh, we'll take your calls at 803-0551-888-552-550. Sabres talks next, and then we have Brian Koziel on at 1.30. We'll continue talking Sabres with him, get some Ryder Cup predictions and some thoughts as well. You're listening to Sports Talk Saturday. I'm Nate Geary with Brayton Wilson here on WGR. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.